2: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated, hand-cooked Dyna Pro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be.
1: Presented
0: by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Everybody good? All right. Ryan Bershinger in the big chair. Of course, you got my man John Ramos and the dulcet sounds of the one and only Monsi Balaños, who's here. Morning to you, Monsi. Hope you're great. Um, RJ Young is going to join us in 25 minutes. He's a Fox College football analyst and insider. We'll get his thoughts on, I I think, the the news of the day. I know the All-Star Game, you have the Home Run Derby, but Uh, Matt Holliday is going to pop in, of course. Former, he participated in the Home Run Derby and former All Star. I'm going to get he he has some thoughts on the Shohei thing. That I mean, I'll be just honestly, like I changed my mind. You got to trade that dude (laughs) today. Um, But the story of the day is Pat Fitzgerald gets fired. Okay, so do I need to go through the timeline of events? Like, uh, Ryan, It's interesting because because this is the summer, uh, people are in and out. We're coming off a holiday week. Ryan Birchinger, John Ramos, what do you think? Do you think people know the basics of this story?
3: I think for the most part, yes. Uh, maybe not some of the specifics in terms no doubt. of... Yes, but 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 in, in general, what's happened with Pat Fitzgerald? Yes, I think so.
2: Well, everybody knows I think he's been fired, right? That that's, that's big news. And there's allegations of hazing. What's weird about it is when the findings came out, then there was a two-week suspension. And I've said this and I continue to say it. I do think that a good portion of the reason that he's fired is not even what the findings would would determine. Um, But I think a big portion of the reason he was fired is that they suspended him for two weeks during a time period where college coaches aren't on campus or aren't with their teams anyway. And I understand that it's without pay. He makes a lot of money and it's a bit of a statement. But now my read on it is that that was their assessment based upon the investigation that they had to do it. When you suspend a guy like that, it's the you had to do something. So you do the least invasive thing possible and you try and go like, look, we got it. We, we nipped in the bud. We suspended the coach. He's got it all under control. Uh, whoever made those accusations apparently went to the president and then it spiraled and now he's out of a job. And of course he's gonna sue, he's owed fifty-eight million dollars. I'm guessing he's gonna get a very healthy chunk of it. But I, I gotta ask this question, and it's an open ended question. It's a it's a totally fair question to ask. Okay, you spend twenty years at a place, he's literally Mr. Northwestern football. Right? There's no one person I can think of on planet Earth. That more represents one football program than Pat Fitzgerald. Think about that for a second, right? Like if you throw out Alabama, you're like, well, Nick Saban. Like, okay, well, Bear Bryant is equal represent equally representative. Those two coaches represented, and by the way, neither of them played at Alabama. And granted, they've had more success. But go through all these programs, and it's like you can say, well, Oklahoma, like Barry Switzer, he's the king. Like, okay, but what about Bob Stoops, and what about so many of the players? They equally represent the The only thing that anybody knows about Northwestern football is Pat Fitzgerald. Now, that doesn't make him, what's the old expression, um, when you have uh, ultimate, power, uh, ultimate power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? That's a political expression. But how did we get to a point where, they did, I uh, had a third party, the finding said, slap on the wrist suspension, and then it spirals to the ultimate overreaction and overcorrection, and now he's out of a job. I said this, and look, the Bob Huggins thing has become a clown show. Soon as Bob Huggins had his DUI, he had to go, and now he's trying to say he never resigned. But I said this when Bob Huggins had his initial suspension due to what he said Due to what he said um, on a Cincinnati radio show. You know, I I said this, like, look, Bob Huggins said something that's unacceptable. He should be punished. But there's a level of punishment that doesn't rise to the level of firing a guy. Because here's what you've done. Northwestern's a nearly impossible job in this landscape anyway. Because as much as we like to think that so much is about academics, the way college football has spun... academics play very little part in the decision. It's about NIL and about the transfer portal. It's hard to get kids to transfer in there because there are plenty credits that don't carry over to Northwestern. So you have a a select number of players anyway, and they're not going to have the depth of alumni they're going to spend on NIL. And you look at the last two years after the COVID years, and who are the programs that are suffering? The academic private schools in the big conferences. Duh, right? Like Stanford Stanford had an elite coach They can't win a football game What's changed? And Vanderbilt There was a time before COVID You go back, you know, five, six years ago And they were solid They weren't great They can't win Why? COVID Then NIL NIL and Transfer Portal Those, those at that level It's nearly impossible to compete at at the top level So you trying to do it the right way. But now you're gonna you owe him fifty eight million dollars and because the initial findings they suspended him two weeks, he's you could try and fire him with cause. He's gonna get at least half of it. Plus you gotta pay his staff. That's another twenty five million. And you gotta pay a new staff. I mean the reality is Northwestern football who's trying to build a new stadium, trying to get on even footing with the rest of the Big Ten, and the Big Ten just added in USC and UCLA. They got no shot to compete. And the only thing they had going for them was they had Mr. Northwestern, who was about the right, supposedly about the right things. And I'm telling you, like, the hazing stuff is not okay. And you mentioned dudes getting naked in the locker room. And it's like, just Gross but what was the part of what was the point of the investigation if it came up that they didn't think he knew anything i i so my point is there is some happy medium where neither side is happy that they say this when you broadcast a sporting event if both fan bases think you're in you're in the the bag for the other fan base then you've nailed it Right? If you do a North Carolina-Duke game and North Carolina fans think you're a Duke fan, the Duke fans think you're a North Carolina fan, well, then you've hit the, you've hit the right note. And the sa- same is true with punishment. If you'd find a suspension, if you'd find a level of punishment that Pat Fitzgerald's guys would be like, man, that's over the top, and it falls short of firing him, you're all going to have that. I mean, if the goal of the accuser, who is supposedly like one guy— If the goal of the accuser is to run off Pat Fitzgerald, that's the kid who won. And again, I'm not saying hazing is okay. It's not. It's not. You know, and there's a level of, hey, young guys got to earn it and doing things the right way and building toughness. And the problem with allowing kids, this is the problem, right? Like when, when adults discipline kids, they push back. Well, if you're going to have kids, discipline kids, you're going to have 20 to 22, 23 year olds and they do some stupid stuff and make some stupid decisions. That's bad. And there should be appropriate punishment. No question. No question. But there's a there's a difference in my mind between a slap on the wrist and firing. And we have reached, we've basically reached a a mirror of what sports on TV is and what, or sports argument on TV is. And, and that's the mirror of political talk on TV. Everything is extreme. You either get, either nothing happens or you get fired. And we've just, We've reached this point where you're getting close and I'm not making Pat Fitzgerald into a victim, but there is a little bit of, I mean, really guys at a place for 25 years, plays there, spends his entire coaching career there. And in the offseason, after you have a long investigation where you paid a lot of money and they didn't come up with any sort of smoking gun that links him to it. And there's a lot of questions about the veracity of the claims. And all of a sudden, you know, a little social media pressure and little pressure from alums and you jump ship on Mr. Northwestern. If that doesn't say 2023, I don't know what does. You can be mad. You can say it's unacceptable. You can say it's not the representation we want for our university. All fair. I think there's a line there between that and firing a guy, and I think they stepped over that line. Stug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, coming up next, here's what we're going to do. My guy Matt Holliday is going to stop by. Of course, he was a multi-time All-Star. Four-time All-Star? Seven-time All-Star, right? Seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. There we go. Um, he's also in the home run derby. Want well, to talk about the derby? Derby format, and he—I think he flipped me on Shohei Otani last night. Post pickleball, uh, I was exhausted. I'm a newbie to the pickleball game, and he completely won me over. The show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more—all your protection one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next, what to do with Shohei Ohtani. The seven-time All-Star gives us his thoughts. Uh, That's upcoming next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. There's no distance too far for the perfect
0: trip.
2: Uh, Matt Holliday is a seven-time All-Star, a four-time Silver Slugger. He's also participated, I think it was three times in the Derby? Three times. Three times in, in the Derby. And we were watching last night at your house, and uh, they got to the finals, and you're like, they're tired. They're they're tired. Uh, so what do you think of the format now versus the format when you were in it?
4: Uh, I like the format now because you can swing at every pitch. Like for me, I would have I done better because, you know, in, in the old format where you had outs, you had to really be – Picky, like if if your pitcher is not throwing it where you can hit a home run, you need to be able to take it. So I I like the format. I think three rounds is a lot. I don't know how we could narrow it down. By the third round, you could tell um, that they were they were gassed. And uh, but it's it's fun to watch. I I like the the rapid fire like the the format now. But um, it I I, gosh I just want to see the judge. I just want I know judges hurt, but I, I just wish we could find a way to get. Uh, a little bit more of the the guys that hit it a mile in in the Derby.
2: Why don't they do it?
4: Because it's tiring, and you know. A lot of times when you get to the break, you you want to take yesterday and and treat it like an off day to where if you're in the home run derby, it's almost an all-day deal where the lead up, the batting practice, you have team batting practice, then you have home run derby, batting practice, then you have the home run derby, and then in between rounds because there's such a time gap with the commercials and the other guys hitting that you have to stay loose in the cage. So you're taking more swings in the cage to stay loose for the next round. If you get all the way to the third round, you've roughly been hitting for three hours because you're trying to stay loose in the cage. And by the end of the night, you're gassed and and then you come in today and and it's the same thing you have the all-star game so you have batting practice that they want you to take part in and then you have the game and if you're starter you know you hit a little bit before the game if you're not playing you come in later you want to hit and get ready for when you come in so the accumulation of of swings is, is is a lot and i don't know that there's a perfect way to fix it but you know guys just they need that to the Monday yesterday, they wanted this to treat it like an off day. They take casual batting practice for the fans, kind of just talking to the boys, and um, treat that like an off day. Uh, to where if you're in the derby, you know, you're, it's a, it's a, you get there Sunday night. Your home run derby Monday. Your All Star game Tuesday. You get Wednesday and Thursday off now that they've made it a four day All Star break. And so um, you're traveling though, and so it's 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 a it becomes a, a lot. So a lot of guys just say, hey, look, I'm not doing the derby.
2: What is What's special about Judge's swing? It's just the raw power?
4: Uh, no, it's very fundamentally sound. Uh, he's, he's on time. Uh, he stays behind the ball really, really well where uh, there's video of him early in his career and, and in the minor leagues and, and uh, even early on in the first year in the major leagues where um, he kind of come forward a little bit. He hit more ground balls. He, he swung and missed uh, more. Um, so he's he's got a really good fundamental swing, and then you tie that to to six foot eight and two hundred and seventy five pounds, and, and an incredible athlete, and you get uh, you know what you, what you've got. How does Shohei generate that amount of power? I mean, I I don't know if you've been up next to him, but he's a big huge. dude. Yeah, he's a big dude, and he has the same is kind it, of. Is hip he bigger turn. than you? Yeah, he's bigger than me. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he weighs, but he's taller than me, and and you know it's almost like a. Um, you know, like the perfect pitcher's body, but he's athletic, he runs good, like and, and he generates, you know, his hip turn, uh, he kind of comes up on his toe and loads his back hip and, and can generate, I mean, his fast twitch body, obviously, throws 100 miles an hour. There's electricity in his body, like, that's special. So he's got to, he's, again, his he's swing has gotten even better since he got here, and you combine that with, you know, incredible ability. I mean, he's just, God-given ability is crazy.
2: Okay, so you you flipped me last night. I'll just give you the what would you do if you're the Angels um, in regards to Shohei Otani?
4: The thing I, I think that can't happen is that he can't walk away for the 75th pick in next year's draft, which if they don't sign him back, they don't trade him, they don't make the playoffs, they trouts out, and they don't make the playoffs, and Shohei signs with the Dodgers or somebody, let's say, just randomly, and all you get for Shohei Ohtani, the greatest player probably of all time when you look at hitting and pitching, and he walks away and all you get is the 75th pick, which is not even a first-round pick. Um, I think that's just that set your organization back so badly um, that I, I think you make a decision. Like you, you okay, say uh, I'm the Angels, and I want to sign him back, but I don't think we can we can make the postseason or win the World Series this year. Okay, I go to Shohei and say, look, Shohei, we're going to do everything we can to sign you back, but we're going to trade you now and and try to get the most that we can get, which you know, with only a couple months left is not the return you would have got a year ago. But it still could be two good pieces for your organization moving forward. And then we're going to try to sign you back. Uh, they did this with Chapman, with the Cubs. They, they, uh, the Yankees traded Chapman to the Cubs for Glaber Torres. Then they re-signed Chapman. They got the best of both worlds. Cubs won the World Series. Chapman pitched. Comes back to the Yankees. So I, I would try to pull off something like that because um, I, I think the Angels – they should sign him. I think he's worth it. I think um, I don't know how he feels about the Angels, but I think what you can't have happen is him walk away for one draft pick.
2: I mean, can you? I mean, don't don't you go and you make whatever your big greatest offer is right now, though.
4: Yeah, I I don't know what. Like I said, I would try to sign him, and right. he's worth every dollar that you can offer him in my so, mind. But what?
2: So what is what is the amount? What, what's what what's the what's the number? Is I it six hundred million.
4: I would. I mean, I don't know what they've offered, but I would. I mean, ten years at fifty million a year, five hundred million. I mean, I, 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 I would start there and see if you. Could, I mean, now that he's so close to free agency, it's hard. Like they've again i don't know what they've offered previously, but we've gotten so the, I mean he's you know uh, three months two months away from free agency so now he's gotten so close that it's almost like doesn't matter i'm not taking it because yeah. I want to see what the offers are um, you know because who knows like what if uh, you know one of these organizations comes in and says the owner says look you know with the the Asian influence and the money that comes from the you know that market and it's worth 700 million to me to have him in my organization for the next 10 or 12 years. So who knows? It's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think outside of the the salary cap or you know the the luxury tax, luxury tax, right? we we'll yeah. call it, um, to where if you you know you have already have a bunch of players and a high payroll, you probably can't pay him that kind of money. Um, but I think every team that's golly that has cost control should be after him. Um of Cruz. I mean, I, he's made me, like, I want to be a Reds
2: fan now. Yeah. Plus, I didn't know Eric Davis' number not retired. I had, I had no idea. Mm, that was a little surprising. Yeah, to I yeah. was like, wait, he's 44. Wait, that's Eric Davis' yeah. number. They didn't retire that number. But um, you taught taught me a long time ago. There was a player. I won't mention his name. Uh, he did win a World Series. But uh, I think you, yeah, you played with him in St. Louis, and you're like, that swing does not hold up long term. Uh, Ellie did the Cruz does this hold up long term?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's a switch hitter. Um, I, I, he's just, like like I said earlier, like the, the electricity and that big of a body and the way he runs. And um, I'm interested to see what position he sticks at. I think he's playing some third. He played some short in the minor leagues. Um, does he wind up in center field? Um, I'm interested to see. Sort of him and, and O'Neill, uh, cruise with the, the Pirates, these, these six five, six seven, these infielders. Um, do you take a little bit of wear and tear off of them and put them in the outfield? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, God, I, I'm, I'm like you. I, I, I want to watch him. I want to watch the Reds right now. They have a lot of good young players. They have more on the way. Uh, they're in a really good situation. We talk about teams that could sign Shohei. They have young players that are cost controllable, where if the Reds owner said he can afford to add a guy like Shohei because he could put him in the mix with, with young players because those guys aren't going to make money f- for a while. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on, on, uh, on De La Cruz.
2: What, what about, again, like you have the Latin influence. This is constantly like a fight in clubhouses, which is like, you know, you have the flamboyance of one style, which is kind of the old school baseball thing. You know, as a guy, now, you've been out of it for a couple of years, but still kind of in it and watching it. Uh, where, where are we in the play the right way and and yet kind of the, the new age, a little bit more flamboyant style?
4: I I think as long as you don't cross the line with disrespecting the opponent. So what's the line? Well, again, I I think as long as you're not flipping your bat and and yelling at the pitcher or, you know, um, if you want to pimp a home run, pimp a home run, but celebrate with your teammates. You know, I think when you start looking at the pitcher or you start looking or you start talking trash to the other team, I think that's, you know, I think that's the line. I think you know if, you know, doing the celebrations in the dugout with him and Joey Votto, I think it's funny. I think it's fun. I'm I'm good with that. Um but I, yeah, I, I think I think when you celebrate with your team and and you have these these things where um in a long season uh where guys, you know, you come up with these these quirky uh things that guys are doing and I think the Orioles they spit water, you know, you've got all these these guys wearing robes and coats and hats. And well, it's basically like the turnover chain,
2: right? The college football turnover chain has become yeah. th- this with baseball, yeah. right? Like at Oklahoma State, they do the cowboy hat. Yeah. They got the, like the, I don't know if it's a samurai helmet with the angels. Yeah. Like everybody's got one. Yeah,
4: and I'm good with that. I think that's all, you know, again, when you're talking about playing for six months and, and keeping it fun and, and relaxed and, and having fun with your teammates, I'm all about that. I just think that sometimes, you know, when guys, when, uh, when you start um, – looking at the pitcher or or it's it's
2: honestly no different than than basketball it's no different than football like everybody knows we make it out like it's this old school versus new school thing like not really no not really it's like if you're if you're doing it to if you're doing it to celebrate with your teammates and to celebrate an a like cool like have fun with it yeah you know but
4: when you do it and it, it can lead to a fight yeah like you start getting disrespectful then you know that's when i think it crosses the line
2: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching... Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hassle protection, over 10000 recommend installers dot TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Uh, the story, I think, that um, is bigger than any in college football is the dismissal last night of Pat Fitzgerald, longtime head coach at his alma mater of Northwestern. And I said this earlier, and I mean it. Um, look, for my lifetime, for my lifetime, I think I think there's one other program that's like this, although uh, there have been some players, and they've had, with Chris uh, uh, Kleiman, they've had some recent success. I, 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 I do think that Kansas State may be the only other program, and there, they have a similar past to Northwestern in that, there's only When you think of Northwestern football, there's really only one guy you think of, one person you think of, but that's Pat Fitzgerald, right? Because they were terrible forever in our lifetime, except for the Rose Bowl year, which was 1995 and the 96 Rose Bowl, right? Um, and then any of their modern-day success after Barnett left, what is Pat Fitzgerald as a head coach? And, you know, like he spends basically – you know, since he went away to college, that's been his home. Now, just because of those ties does not mean that he automatically gets a pass on things. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because you are, you know, working for your alma mater and you're, you know, you. you but I guess the question is, like a week ago, there was there was a third party, you know, uh, lawyer going through all these different interviews and their findings were not egregious. It didn't feel like they rose to the level of termination and now he's out of a job and it feels like a lot of it's because of public backlash, but that public backlash is not necessarily even about the findings as much as how could he only suspend him for two weeks when coaches aren't always on campus these two weeks and players aren't on campus. Like, it was really a slap on the wrist. How do you go from a slap on the wrist to firing? And can't you cash in all that equity of 20 years and go like, all right, look, here's what we'll do we'll suspend him for six games or maybe even the season, but it's still going to be his job. Instead, like, he's out? Uh, it's a big one. And then you look at the, I know they've won four games the past two years. I don't think that's what it's about at Northwestern. They weren't going to fire him if he had a bad season this year. It's a really, really difficult era for the private schools in the big leagues. Right? I mean, all you have to do, look no further than Stanford. Right? Look no further than Stanford. And what happened with, with their football program or with David Shaw? David Shaw is one of the most respected men in all of college football. He turned down opportunities to become a head coach in the pros because he was so tied to Stanford. But you you can't compete at Stanford in this era, right? Because there's two things working against you. NIL's working against you, and you got the transfer portal working against you. Transfer portal because... It's hard to you can't get every transfer in school that you want. Hard enough to get, you know, the the normal high level recruits. So you're going to lose players at the same rate that everybody else loses them. Which if you don't play them right away, they want to play, and yet you can't get the you you can't recruit in your conference or at your level or even at a lower level because of the academics. Additionally, you just because you're a smaller school, you don't have the alumni. And you also have alumni that, are like, there's no return on investment for us being decent in football. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Whereas in other schools, like, this is all they are. This is all, they, they want to be great at football. So there's the challenging landscape. But more than anything, man, how do we get here? Um, let's, uh, let's welcome in a guy who does a great job covering college football for Fox. He's R.J. Young. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. When did you think he was going to get fired? When was the point this week or, or over the weekend you thought he was going to get fired?
3: I think as soon as we saw the statement from President Shill saying, hey, maybe I looked at this the wrong way and saying it wasn't what Pat Fitzgerald knew. It's what he should have known. And if you're going with what you should have known, well, as a head football coach, CEO of the program, you've got to know everything. And even the things that perhaps a human being – doesn't know fall underneath what you are responsible for and I think that's ultimately what this is about he's responsible for the program now in as far as when in the timeline I was as shocked as you were or or I say as shocked as you were Doug maybe you weren't shocked to find out that by Monday Northwestern was looking for a new head coach or is going to probably go the 2023 season without a head coach and just go with the interim there but I thought as soon as President Shields said, hey, I got to take another look at this, that there was only one other way to go, say, perhaps a indefinite suspension, which kind of acts like a firing. So maybe you just skip that step. But that was when I thought that we would see some real change uh, personnel-wise at Northwestern.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess the, I, under, I completely understand the, what you should have known. Uh, it does bring up the question of, wait, this was going on for a long time and, only now somebody says anything like, you know, how hard it is to keep a secret in college football and guys transfer all the time. So when they transfer, they almost all share all the bad things about their program. I, I, I think that that's the part that people are like, they can't figure out if it makes the veracity of the claims less believable because because of how few people have spoken about this and how sketchy the details seem.
3: Perhaps that's a down-funnel discussion, right, and I I think it's a good one, but the one that I was most concerned with is what does the person in charge of the university itself have to say, and does he believe that Northwestern football can move forward with Pat Fitzgerald as the head coach? He's decided no, and that was the end of it. Now, you have to do the real work of not just finding out who your next football coach is, but... Establishing trust within the program, which also means you're going to have to take questions and concerns and comments from all parties, right? There are people that believe so many different things that have come out of this investigation. But I also think the more questions we ask, the closer we get to the truth, the more we get to the truth, the more we can get to repair. And as soon as you can get to repair, then you can start to talk about what does Northwestern football look like going into the future. And I'm curious to see how long that timeline is for Northwestern and then what. Fans of Northwestern will allow re that timeline.
2: What do you think? I, I mean, I, I think I understand. They ha- it's like one of those. Well, they haven't been good anyway, so what's the point? But uh, what's the path to being competitive in the Big Ten moving forward?
3: I think they're in a really good spot. Quite honestly, uh, it's for the you do? that you have. Yeah, you you've eliminated them. Right? Nobody expects much from Northwestern. So when they finished in the top 25 in 2017, everybody said, hey, look at there. Northwestern plays a little football. And when they made the Big Ten Championship game during a play year in 2020, everybody said, hey, look at Northwestern football. And then when you produce a first-round pick like Rashawn Slater on the offensive line and you produce an All-American like Brandon Joseph uh, at defensive back before he transfers to Notre Dame, everybody looks around and says, hey, look at Northwestern. And that's what you will come to expect from that program because, you know, you've illuminated Pat Fitzgerald is not just one of their two best coaches, but arguably their best football player. Like that 95, 96 uh, teams were just so good. And he was the best player on it. I think he won two time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. But I think that you got a great athletic director in Dr. Derek Gregg, who I know personally. He was the athletic director at the University of Tulsa. Uh, and as you know, I'm from Tulsa. I'm from Oklahoma. Yeah. And I think the world of that man. He also has a background in compliance which means rules and regulations are very near and dear to him. Um, Some of these things that are alleged went on when he was not athletic director, and I think that that also needs to go into the calculus here. But identifying the next head coach for Northwestern football is going to be one of the more difficult things that he's had to do because he took over a job where, you know, the football coach was the last guy, well, not the last guy, but perhaps one of the last guys that we thought would lose his job for something – other than losing football games, because losing football games is kind of what they've been about. So if you can identify somebody that gets with the program, and by that I mean the program wants to follow them, I think you're already in a good spot. Plus, let's not forget, the Big Ten signed a very good TV deal of late. They're adding USC and UCLA. They're going to get more resources. They're one of the two more powerful conferences in the sport. You got some leeway here. Not to mention, I understand that there's some talk about this $800 million project they have that's going to get them a brand new stadium and how people want that to go about. But that wasn't even supposed to be broken ground until the end of this season, and it wasn't supposed to open until 2026. So you're also coming in a situation where you're going to get the facilities that a lot of coaches are like, hey, I need an indoor. Hey, I need new facilities. Hey, I need a good fan experience. You're going to have all of that at Northwestern. So it's not as if they're starting from scratch here. They're in a pretty good spot.
2: I'm going to disagree with you here, RJ. Okay, okay, because okay. because here's the here, here's the thing. What's changed in college football, okay, is it no longer the facilities. Does it matter in the Big Ten that they've had the worst stadium? Yeah, a little bit, you know. But the, the first thing is everybody else already has the new stadium, right? So there, and now theirs is going to be spectacular, just like the basketball arena. Walsh Ryan is spectacular. They did a great job with it. But the 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 issue is that you have to raise the 800 million okay? and the same people that you're going to call on to raise the 800 million are the same people you're going to call on to raise the NIL and all that matters in college football is is you got to have the players right and you can't have the players anymore if you don't have the NIL or you're not able to get them out of the transfer portal and it's always going to be difficult and probably even more difficult now because think about it, when, when, and you, if you saw there was some uh, some professors who came out, right, who came out and they're like, they want to put a pause on the $800 million. Like, people think that at a university, the academics and the athletics, they get along. It's not always that way, right? Academia a lot of times resents athletics. And now they have a chance of, hey, you're going to put $800 million there? Put $800 million to, uh, you know, the academic world. So it's going to be harder to get kids in hard to get transfers in in the portal it's already difficult there in comparison to the rest of the big 10 and your NIL is not at the level of ohio state and michigan and wisconsin and minnesota and iowa and all those others and oh yeah by the way you got to get that new stadium you you can't double back and ask people for more money i think they're screwed and I think they were probably screwed to begin with, but without Pitts, Pat Fitzgerald, it it's gonna be really, really hard. This'll be this'll set them back substantially in my opinion, despite the fact we both like Derek. He's he's there's nothing wrong with him as a dude. I think he'll make a a, a decent hire. I just think it's a really it's like sixteen of sixteen in that league in the in the new Big Ten. One
3: I think that we need to underscore that the $800 million is privately funded through $450 million they already got from the Ryan family for which the Ryan field is named, right? So you're not actually having to raise that much. And there was some talk about the city of Evanston needing to pass this, and I think they want to. So I don't think that that's actually going to set them back at all. I think, if anything, when you talk about name, image, and likeness, you're also talking about booster programs. And you and I are very familiar with booster programs, and I think the name, image, and likeness part of it gets blown out of proportion, if for no other reason Northwestern has never thought of itself as a football school, right? Like, that's maybe to its detriment it hasn't thought of itself as a football school, but every Big Ten school is mostly uh, at the top of their game academically. Now, 16-16, again, fine, that's okay. Are you competing with Iowa? Are you competing with Purdue? Are you competing with Indiana? That's the tier for which they... Are competing now. We can talk about Ohio State, and Michigan, in another conversation. But I don't think anybody in Northwestern is under <clears> the illusion <throat> that they should be beating Ohio State, and Michigan each and every year.
2: No, I, I, I understand, uh, but I, I don't like. It's like you said. Like they're at four hundred fifty at eight hundred million. All right. So the, the, again, the same boosters you call on to raise to, to throw in for the stadium are the same ones. You're like, hey man, we need 50000 50 grand for our. Uh, for, our NR, uh, uh, for our NIL program. And like, I just gave you 50 for the stadium. Like, I'm out. I'm out. And and you have the... No, they don't think of themselves as a football school, but you can get buried and get so far behind. And the inability to get transfers. Yes, the rest of the league is... Wisconsin's academic-minded. But... Uh, and I don't know factually how it works now, but... Uh, schools like Notre Dame, schools like Northwestern, they don't like to take online classes as transfers. And at state universities, at public schools, most of these kids never step foot on campus anymore. It's all online classes. So you can't take them even if they want to come. It's, it's 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 a very, very difficult landscape. All right, uh, last thing before we let you go, because we got media days going on, like Big 12 Media Days is going on already. Like we're getting... Kind of closer to it um, obviously still a Georgia dominated landscape and we'll see with Alabama whole new quarterback after having the the Bryce Young experience which for the most part was was incredible is there a who's the breakthrough team in your mind to the big boys to the Bamas to the Ohio states to the Georgias for this year's college football
3: I'm going to get yelled at Doug. I'm going to get yelled at because I'm going to say Texas. I'm going to get yelled at because I said Texas and because Texas has done nothing but make people like me who say Texas ought to be good look bad. But when I look at the roster and I look at what Steve Sarkeesian has done in the past, I can't not talk myself into Texas being bad. There is no reason why Texas Longhorn football should not have its best seasons since 2018 this year. They had Alabama dead to rights. They had them nailed to the wall. All the kicker got to do is make his kick in the first half, and we're talking about a different ballgame. If Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, we're talking about Texas beating Alabama before Tennessee does. And most of those kids are back. And Jalen Ford is a dude at linebacker, and Kelvin Banks is a dude on all offensive line. and that wide receiver core is just monstrous. I'm so upset because you also know I'm an Oklahoma fan. I love the Sooners. And yet, I'm looking at Texas going, good God, man, if they ever figure out what they're doing here, because they're the only people that hold them back. Right. You know? And so I'm getting, I'm just, I'm mad already, because I, I lean towards my analysis, right? I'm a fan, I lean to my, my analysis. They're just good. If I wanted to pick Jimmy's and Joe's, I would pick Texas as that team outside of those that we expect to be in the playoffs, yep. as the one to break through, because I can't not pick them.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it. again, on paper, it looks like, and, and again, what's changed? Like, their NIL, I mean, it's just, they have an unbel. they have a stacked roster. Let's see if they can actually figure it out, find ways to win football games. RJ, great stuff. Let's catch up very, very soon. Thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, Doug, I appreciate you. Have a good day.
0: it's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.